Hello, welcome to the Am I a Bad Mom podcast. I'm your host, Christy Ritz-King, trauma therapist, maternal mental health specialist, and mom of three. I have met so many incredible women through the various careers I've had over the years, and no matter where they are along their motherhood journey, they are powerful, they are brave, they are successful in their lives, and none of that matters because they all ask the same question at least once, and that is, am I a bad mom because fill in the blank. There are any number of ways to fill in that blank. And our mission with this podcast is to provide you all of the reasons why the answer to that question is unequivocally no. Every single time, no matter what, the answer is no, you are not a bad mom. And we're here today to show you exactly why. So welcome. We can't wait to help you feel better about the parent and the person that you are. Let's go. Hey, welcome to this episode of Am I a Bad Mom podcast. We are talking today about one of my favorite topics to ever dive into is boundaries. And especially lately, because I feel like this is one of those topics that is all over social media and often (laughs) erroneously so. I can't think of the guy's name, but there was a pretty famous actor fairly recently who outed, I guess, as quote unquote, setting boundaries when really he was just being kind of a jerk in a relationship and trying to control his partner's behavior. And so that is what I'm talking about when I say that boundaries are often misconstrued or wrong, you know, wrongfully defined or out in the world as something that they are very much not. So we're going to talk about them today. I'm probably going to do another one of these because I think this is one of those topics where There's personal boundaries, there's sort of boundaries generally, trademark, you know, that kind of thing. And then there's boundaries with your kids. And those are related, but it could be like a four-hour episode if I talk about them both in one. So I think today we're just going to talk sort of generally about what are boundaries, why do I need them, how do I set them, what's the best way to sort of live a life with boundaries in place. And, you know, for me... I come at this both personally and professionally. I sort of grew up in like a boundaryless environment <laughs> where you were constantly trying to interpret other people's behaviors. At least I was. That was kind of a safety mechanism is like, well, are they doing this thing for me because they want to do this thing for me? Or are they doing this thing for me because they expect something from me? Am I required to do this thing? Am I required to be here? Am I required? And this was at work, at home, in relationships, all of it. I didn't fully understand that I had the right <laughs> to decide how I was to be treated. It took me a long time to get there, to realize that I didn't, I wasn't responsible for other people's reactions necessarily or their expectations. I was responsible for my own safety and taking care of myself. And I don't mean that in sort of a selfish, like I take care of myself, but more in a, like, don't let other people dictate how you're treated and how you are perceived and all of those things. And I see that daily in the work that I do as well, especially because I started out this work in um, crisis situations within domestic violence and sexual assault advocacy work. And so frequently, as you might imagine, it was, that was sort of a boundaryless landscape too. Folks were not really set up to expect to be treated well. And so their definition of boundary was pretty loose and uh, their their expectation for how people would behave toward them was also usually misconstrued somehow. So I have lots of experience with boundaries and how to set them and why we need to set them and all of that stuff. So let's start with the very basics of what they are, because I think this is where we get most confused. So boundaries 
by definition, are limits for ourselves that we set for ourselves in relationships. So they are not rules for someone else. (laughs) Now, it gets confusing because we talk about, well, the reason for boundaries is to help in relation, help us to feel safe in in relationships and help sort of clarify how we're going to allow other people to treat us, then it sounds like, oh, sure, I can tell this person they're not allowed to do this thing because I don't feel safe about it. But that's not how the world works. And so, and that's what gets us in trouble a lot of times is saying like, well, you can't do this because you make me feel this way. And instead, what boundaries are uh, is is an understanding of yourself and a real close and compassionate relationship with yourself to be able to say, I will not allow this. I will not be in a relationship where this happens. And it can be something not simple, but really clear, like a physical boundary. Like, I don't know, we've all come across those people, especially maybe after the 2020, uh, people who don't shake hands or they don't, they don't, they're not huggers. (laughs) That's maybe that's better huggers. There are huggers out there. There are people who, you know, love that sort of physical personal contact and they meet you or they meet you once and they hug you upon exiting and entering a room after that and all of that. And then there are people who just that they don't that's not their jam. They don't like the physical contact for whatever reason, whether it's germs or just personal personal comfort, they don't like that. And so that's a physical boundary. You might say, like, I'm not really a hugger. Or I often will say, um, okay, if I hug you, <laughs> especially as, you know, we're leaving, I have grown into being a hugger. I did not used to be, it used to freak me out and I've grown into being one. And so I'll say to people, is it okay if I hug you? Because, you know, I'm a hugger. I don't know if you are or whatever. And then sometimes I don't, I just read the room and <laughs> I don't do it, but I will often ask permission. But if, if someone doesn't and you aren't one, you have every right to say like, well, I'm not really a hugger. It's been great to meet you, but it's not really my thing. So physical boundaries are one thing. That's another. You can also have them around your emotions and also like your just practical boundaries about being late or on time or looking a certain way for a certain event or things like that. So they kind of span. And that's when you get into the muddy water sometimes of rules versus boundaries away, you know, the way we state them. But let's, I digress. So let's go back to what they are is limits for ourselves and what they are not is rules for other people. At least they are not explicitly stated rules for other people. You can, in your own mind, think that they are rules for other people because it's the behavior that you are willing to allow or tolerate or whatever. But setting boundaries is not an option for us to go out and tell other people how to behave. (laughs) That's just not... And we'll get into that a little bit later too, how you don't even need to speak the boundaries for them to exist. It's not necessary that you tell everybody all the time what your boundaries are. So we'll get to that in a minute too. But So this may seem a little bit passive. Like you might be like, well, if they're rules for myself, how is that making me safe in a relationship if they're just rules for myself? But the rules, the limits are in what you are going to let in emotionally, physically, practically, all of that stuff. And these can extend homework, school, intimate relationships, children, all of that. These are Wherever we're in relation to people, boundaries can and should exist. So the pros to that, I think, are kind of obvious. The pros to having these boundaries in place in relationships is that they allow for your safety in an intimate relationship. And I don't mean intimate, just like intimate sexual partner relationship, but like intimate in that you all know each other in a way that is a little more vulnerable than just the guy that you buy your coffee from in the morning. 
And that's why sometimes it can extend to work too. Look, in a lot of work situations, you spend more time with those people than you spend with your family. And so that's going to become sort of by default in many ways, a, a vulnerable relationship or can become a vulnerable relationship. So boundaries are the, the pros of having them is that it allows for safety of all people in those relationships. And it just creates a more honest and fair partnership or group dynamic if there are boundaries in place. It also allows you a greater amount of self-respect, self-compassion, self-knowledge, you know, understanding what you need to feel safe is a really intimate thing for yourself as well. And so there's a lot of pros to having boundaries. And the cons are really more about the discomfort that they can cause to set. (laughs) So they're hard. Look, they're hard to set, especially if you are doing it after years of being in relationship with somebody. They're hard to set if the other person isn't really on board. (laughs) You know, if you're trying to say to somebody like this thing I've been allowing in our relationship for so long, I'm no longer going to allow. And the other person's sort of like, well, I'm not ready to change that thing. Or I've really enjoyed you allowing me to be late all the time and not having any consequences. You know, they're hard to set when you've already got an established routine or relationship between you. And that's only a con in that it's uncomfortable and hard to set. Ultimately, it's going to be better for the relationship, but I'd be foolish if I didn't acknowledge that they're not easy all the time. And including like sometimes it means a rupture in a relationship or a distance in a relationship because if the other person takes it personally and doesn't hear it as your need then that's going to be tricky to navigate as well. So the cons to them and the reason that a lot of people don't set them is because they're difficult sometimes to set. And we decide, I think sometimes, oh, it's just easier to let this thing go than to try to say, I can't have this anymore. And that's how we find ourselves sort of in these difficult and uncomfortable relationships is that sometimes we choose the least uncomfortable, which might be just maintaining status quo rather than saying, hey, I'm no longer going to allow this anymore. If you are coming at boundaries because someone else said you needed to, or because you're hearing it in the zeitgeist and you feel like you're supposed to be doing it, or you think you know that something's not working. And so you're kind of coming at it that way without the self-reflection and self-actualization and real deep understanding of self, then it's going to be really hard because It's not going to be easy to be firm and consistent with them. The guilt of it is going to pile up. You might feel bad about setting them. You might change your mind. You might sort of go in back and forth with them. Because what it also can do, setting boundaries and really the reflection that it takes in order to be able to set boundaries, what it can do is it can reveal to us our own codependencies, our own relationship. We have to own our own stuff in the relationship first before we can really truly set boundaries. And the act of trying to set these boundaries might reveal our own codependencies in that we are used to existing in a certain way with a person. And those reactions and those roles that we play have become so ingrained that we realize, oh, maybe we've started to take this as what it's supposed to be too. So I hesitate to even use the word cons because there aren't really any true cons to having boundaries in a relationship, but there are difficult and uncomfortable aspects around setting them that I want to be clear that I'm acknowledging because I don't want to make it sound like this is an easy thing to do. It's not. So let's go then to the beginning, which in order to be able to set them, you have to even know what 
they are. Good boundary setting, if you look up, how do I set boundaries on Google? You're gonna get a lot of articles that tell you to be calm, to be clear and to be firm. But you can't do any of that if you are not already clear with yourself of what you want and what you need and what you are willing to ask for or willing to be consistent in asking for. So the very first thing you need to do is focus on yourself and give yourself permission to do that. I would imagine when you guys heard focus on yourself, some of you, your initial reaction was to just kind of stop listening to me or like bristle as at all because we run the gamut of thinking either a it's selfish to do that we're bad people for doing that or we feel guilty for doing it like we're not allowed to take care of ourselves or to focus too much on ourselves because we should be doing and focusing on others or we might just be like well i don't really want to focus on myself because i already know i'm uncomfortable what if it gets even worse what if i can't come back from it there's a lot of people that are sort of afraid of that too but the very first step if you really want clear and healthy boundaries in a relationship, whether again, it's at work or home, wherever, you have to know your own self and what your needs are. And usually a step even before that is to give yourself permission to find that out. So allowing yourself the space to start to pay attention to what is your gut telling you? When do you feel uncomfortable? What's happening in the relationship when you feel uncomfortable? What's happening in your body when things go in the relationship that you know you don't like? When do you feel safe? What's happening when you realize, oh, like I notice right now, I'm feeling really good right now. I feel heard. I feel seen. I feel like I'm hearing and seeing. I feel like we're really sort of equal and on the same page. Okay. A, how does that feel physically feel? And B, what's happening? What are the behaviors that help you feel that way? One of the very first things I used to have to do with clients, not used to, I still do with clients who have come out of or maybe are still in domestic violence relationships. And let me just really quickly explain domestic violence. I use that term to basically bad relationships, toxic relationships, unhealthy relationships. So it's not always necessarily physically violent. I just want to be really clear about that, that I'm talking about when I have clients that have been in unhealthy, unbalanced, toxic, emotionally, physically, whatever relationships, this, we kind of have the same protocol. And one of the things we usually have to start with is what does a healthy relationship look like? It used to be, it's not amazing to me anymore, <laughs> but it used to be amazing to me how powerful that. I mean, brainwashing is the only way I can think of to say it. I'm sure a much more clinical word for it, but really it makes sense, the brainwashing piece. When you're in a relationship that is so toxic and so controlling and so coercive, you start to think that's normal. <laughs> you start to feel like, you know, step one is usually this is normal. Step two is usually what am I doing to have caused this? You start to take on your own, you over responsibility for it. And so one of the first things I have to do is help people understand what is healthy? <laughs> what does it look like to be respected and to be heard and to be seen in a relationship? And what does it look like to in turn be able to spend time hearing and seeing your partner's needs as well? There are a lot of people that don't know what that looks like or feels like. So if you worry that maybe you're one of them, that would be step one is not educating yourself, but informing yourself and reminding yourself, what does it look like to be in a healthy relationship? And again, this goes for like partners or family or friends or work. 
<laughs> these troublesome relationships can exist in, in every area. So reminding yourself or informing yourself, what does it look like to be in a healthy one? And then starting to notice your own self in different situations in your life where it doesn't feel good. What's happening in those times where I feel one way or the other. Reminding yourself repeatedly, probably, that setting boundaries aren't selfish, that focusing on yourself to understand your own needs and desires aren't selfish, and that doing what's good for you isn't not doing what's good for someone else. And this is a really important one, and that, that was really messily said. But what I mean is, when you set boundaries, very often it's going to feel like you're doing something bad to the other person because <laughs> they might feel that way. So let me take something really simple. If you have established a relationship with a friend who is chronically late for things to the point where you are really feeling awful about it, you know, not one or two minutes, not whatever, but like you consistently know if I tell them six, they're going to be there at 630. I've now raced out of the house to get there you get where I'm, what I'm saying. These are like, this is problematically late, but you've allowed it for all these years. And maybe you've even accommodated it in the sense that you tell them a little bit earlier so that they show up on time. We, we all have those people in our lives where we say something starts at six so that they actually get there at 630, which is when it really starts. If you have allowed that for so long, and then you decide I, enough's enough, I don't want to live this way anymore. I'm tired of racing around trying to be on time for somebody who's never on time. And you set that boundary with them you're going to have some pushback. I mean, I guess maybe there's somebody out there who's like, you're right. I'm sorry. I've been doing it wrong all these years and I'm going to stop. You're going to either have, chances are good that you're going to have some either direct pushback and they're going to sort of give you a hard time about it, or they're just going to sort of passively not change. And you're going to have to decide whether you're okay with that or not, or whether you're going to have, there's going to be a consequence in the relationship. Like I'm not making plans with you anymore. I'm not doing this with you anymore. We're not going to our annual or quarterly or monthly dinners anymore because I'm tired of sitting at the table by myself for half an hour. You have to decide those things. And it's probably going to be really uncomfortable when you do. And so that's why it's important to keep in mind when I ask for things that I need to feel safe or respected or heard, that's not selfish. And if it feels selfish and you examine it, you need to examine it to see if it is. Because look, we're all human. We might actually make demands on people sometimes that are wrong, but largely speaking, setting boundaries isn't that way. But it can feel that way for sure. You're going to get pushback. You're going to get resistance. You're going to get people who just don't do what you want. You're going to get people who are mad at you for asking. And so you need to be really firm in the knowledge that what I'm asking for isn't crazy. What I'm asking for isn't outrageous. What I'm asking for isn't selfish. It's okay that I'm asking for it. So knowing... You're being confident in your knowing that what I'm asking for isn't outrageous. What I'm asking for isn't selfish is important because you're going to get pushback as if it is when you try to set those things. We're still on number one here, folks, <laughs> which is focusing on yourself and giving yourself the permission to really tune in and see what is it that I need? What is it that I'm noticing is helpful? And what am I noticing is really starting to feel toxic and starting to feel like I can't, I don't want to be treated this way anymore. I don't want to live this way anymore. And toxic feels like a really strong word. Like in the case of the early example of a hugger or a handshake, it's not going to feel toxic. <laughs> you just might not like it, but you have to notice like in your own self, oh, I don't like that. 
again, for me, let, well, I'll go back to a personal example. Early on when I wasn't a hugger, it was it, I was really uncomfortable with that sort of human touch because it felt in the beginning, it felt performative. It did not feel authentic to me because I didn't grow up that way. I didn't grow up with people hugging. <laughs> that sounds mean. Like my family was lovely, but we just weren't huggers. We weren't physical touch people. And so I was really sort of put off by it at first in a way that thought felt like, A, is it, I didn't trust it. Let's put it simply like that. Then over time, I realized like, oh, there are people in my life who this is the way they show affection. They show affection this way. They show that they care about me this way. And I'm actually okay with it. <laughs> I Now that I trust them, I trust it. And slowly but surely, I allowed it in. And so that change was in me, but I had to notice at first, like, why am I bristling at this? Why am I uncomfortable with it? Because look, I would have cut myself off from something really nice if I just said, I'm uncomfortable with this. I don't want to do it without the reflection of why am I uncomfortable with it? What is it about it that I don't like? That's where the tuning in part comes in. If we're sort of just making these decisions, either not at all, if we're, or if we're just choosing that surface level of discomfort or comfort, then we may either not set boundaries we need to, or we might set boundaries that actually aren't what we need. And so it really is important to have the internal, noticing the internal awareness and the internal conversation with yourself of what's really important to me and where do I feel good? Where do I not feel good? why, and what do I need in order to feel good again? Okay. So you have focused on yourself. You've given yourself permission to do that, to notice in your body and emotionally and physically what feels good, what doesn't, what do I need to feel safe and good in this situation? And I think the question we haven't talked about yet is you need to ask yourself, do I need to communicate this or is this something that I just need to decide for myself? Again, communicating boundaries is difficult and it's also not always necessary. If you become one of those people that just keeps walking around telling everybody what you need, what you need, what you need, well, then we have jumped the shark on selfish. And so really asking yourself, do I need to communicate this out loud or do I need to change my own behavior to communicate what I need and don't need? If you need to communicate out loud, being firm and consistent. And again, you need to examine here your own guilt, your own responses, your own sort of ownership of the behavior to ensure that consistency. So you can't stay firm if you don't feel good about it to begin with. You're not going to, I think. You're not going to be able to stay firm as easily as if you feel like, no, this is something I really need. And I want to make sure everybody listens and, and stays in this with me, or this relationship needs this in order to survive. All of this, I think, is trickier at work than at home. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's in a different way. It's tricky in a different way. It's never totally easy, but it seems a little easier when you're with personal relationships. And I don't mean easier, but like clearer, simpler, let's say, because easier would insinuate that somehow boundary setting is ever easy and it's not. But it's a little more simple and clear with personal friends, family, relatives, that kind of thing 
versus like your boss, because <laughs> you don't really always have the freedom to go into your boss and be like, I don't really like the way you treat me, even if you don't. But where that might differentiate is you might do that same self-work, that focus on what am I noticing in my body? When do I feel safe? When do I not feel safe? And if the work situation isn't safe, what that might allow you is the time to say, all right, I need to change something, whether it's a new place or asking for a new position or removing yourself from certain meetings or whatever else, like whatever you can do, you're going to learn in that self-awareness, self-focus part, because you can't always just walk up to your boss and say, Hey, I don't really feel seen or heard. And I need you to treat me better. <laughs> doesn't work all the time. Look, sometimes it might. I think we underestimate the power of a really simple conversation or a clear conversation where we can express like, hey, this thing happened and it didn't really work for me and I'd like it to happen differently. I have seen that take place both with clients, with family members, with friends that are in both positions that are the boss or the, the employee. I have seen it where someone has pushed back a little bit on someone else and the response was good. The response was open and like, oh, okay. I didn't realize I was doing that. I won't do it anymore. So I think don't eliminate the possibility that you can set your own boundaries at work. But I just want to recognize, I understand it's not quite the same thing as with your friends and family. That said, it also might be lower stakes because friends and family is sort of a forever relationship and work colleagues aren't necessarily the same. So that's my two cents on that. <laughs> I understand that they're very different and yet some of these principles remain kind of across the board of how you need to figure out what your boundaries are and how you need to communicate your boundaries. So once you've done all that self-reflection and that understanding of like when you feel things, where you feel things, what you need to feel instead, and what does that look like? What are the boundaries there? You know, if the late friend, maybe you don't want to completely cut them off, but maybe what you want is a chance to say to them, hey, do you realize that your behavior, it feels reflective of how you think of me? And then you give them a chance to sort of explain themselves a little, because you'd be amazed the amount of people who are don't have great management of their time that don't really ever consider the other person in the equation and not in a selfish way in a like, well, I'm late because I'm a mess, but it doesn't matter. They're, they're, they know me <laughs> and they don't think of it as a personal slight when in reality they might. So you may decide giving somebody else the opportunity to just explain themselves is actually enough. I'm okay with it if I know that they're not sort of purposely doing it. And also it may change their behavior a little to realize like, oh, this other person is feeling like I don't care about them. Let me evaluate how I do things a little bit. That's the best case scenario. <laughs> Sometimes you tell people things and they just get mad at you. So, you know, that's some of the expressing of it too. And why it's really important to feel confident in your needs because you're going to have to be firm and consistent. And that's where it gets really tricky. It doesn't always need to be said. You know, you might just decide this is my boundary. This is a good example of this is like if you're one of those either people pleaser or just somebody who's like an overjoiner, you may decide, okay, I'm not doing that this year. I'm not joining. I'm not saying yes to everything. I'm not joining every committee. I'm not volunteering for every position. I'm not taking on things I don't have time for. You don't need to go tell everybody that explicitly a simple no when confronted or changing your behavior so that you're not showing up at every meeting and signing up for something. That's 
enough of a boundary. You've decided, okay, here's what I can do to feel good and safe. And so I'm going to do that rather than you don't need to go tell everybody, hey, I'm no longer signing up for anything anymore. I'm no longer, like, you don't need to make it a public thing. You just need to decide yourself. How, how is your behavior going to change in this role? And when you are expressing boundaries, when you are saying things, it can be as simple as no. You don't need to defend yourself. You don't need to explain yourself. You don't need to justify anything. You just need to know what your response and behavior is going to be in that situation. If you want to have a conversation with a person, if you want to say, hey, this thing's been going on for too long, I need for it to be different. If you want to express that, I'm not saying use those words. (laughs) If you have come to the conclusion in that self-reflection that this thing has been going on for too long and you want to change it, often not all the time, but often that conversation can be had in the repair process of an argument or a fight or a disagreement or whatever. That's often a great time for boundary setting is when you are doing that repair conversation of, hey, we both sort of messed up here. Things were said. We didn't mean to. Here's why I did what I did. And here's what I've realized from this is that I need need to change some things here. And here's what I'm doing instead. I'm no longer going to you know, blow up at you because I'm triggered by something else. So instead, if we get into this before, I need you to know, like, I'm going to need to walk away or I'm going to need to table the discussion or I'm going to need to whatever. This is very specific. Like, this is not how all boundary conversations go. But in the case of using that repair process to use to have some boundary conversations, that might be a good time to do it because you're sort of both open to, we both messed up. We both want this to go differently what needs to be done in order for that to happen. If it's not in a repair process, if you're just confronting a person, you just want to be direct. Again, no explanation, no justification necessary, but sometimes direct can, especially if we're nervous or we don't feel 100% confident, direct can feel to the other person, can feel confrontational. And so there's a fine line between just stating what you need and sounding like you actually don't care what they think at all. And so just sort of knowing that and being prepared for the pushback that might come and allowing yourself, and again, this is where that confidence in your decision comes in, allowing yourself to be open to the pushback in a way that you can help the other person see they're not being attacked. You're just saying, hey, I've realized this about myself and I need this going forward. And so this is what I'm going to expect going forward. And again, you might not even need to have these conversations. I'm thinking we're doing this episode around the holiday season, partially because this is a huge time when boundaries come up because you're spending a lot more time with family and friends. You're asking for time off from work you are maybe getting involved in traditions that were set long before you had any say in how the traditions were set. You're noticing things about your own life that you might not have noticed before. And so holiday season, this sort of like really October through mid-January, at least in the States, is a really big time for people to examine their boundaries and examine their relationships and determine what they need to feel safe within those relationships. And so The timing of this episode is not an accident. And also, I wanted to talk about it now because it's ripe with opportunity for rupture of relationship. And so if we set these boundaries first, the idea is hopefully that the relationships won't rupture as much. And again, this goes all the way back to that focusing on yourself part and knowing 
well, what is it about this that's making me uncomfortable? Do I not want to go to the sec- first night of Hanukkah because I, I don't know, because I don't like Uncle Jim or whatever? Or like, do I not want to go to Thanksgiving because it's a four hour plane ride and I can't afford the tickets? Okay, I don't like this feeling. I don't feel good about this. Let me backtrack and find why. Again, I will give you a personal example. Thanksgiving holiday was my mother's big holiday. She didn't really expect anybody on Christmas and day or eve. Like, great, she hosted, but if you didn't show up, it was okay. That said, I'm not really sure that was ever explicitly stated, but it was just sort of the unwritten rule of our home. We understood like Thanksgiving was mom's day and whatever. So each of my siblings, as we met our spouses, it sort of became like, hey, just FYI, you're never... Thanksgiving with your family again. And I got to be honest, we never got pushback. I'm sure if I got pushback, I would have adjusted. And I know for a few years, like my partner's family, my husband's family was invited to our Thanksgiving. Like there were times. Anyway, fast forward, my mom passes away and my oldest sister takes over the Thanksgiving. And soon after, well, so my mom died, maybe four years later, we moved out of state. So we'd always gone to my sister. She had the biggest house. The first year, it was like, okay, our first year without mom, it was sort of a grieving holiday. We needed to be together. And then like slowly but surely, like another one of my siblings didn't come one year. My nieces and nephews or my nephews stopped coming because they moved away. Like it it started to be like, okay, we understand. This isn't everybody's sort of true north anymore. We're going to come if we can, but we can't always. We moved away. We had one year where we had car trouble and so we couldn't go. Every other year prior, we had made the trek. It's not terrible, but it's not convenient. (laughs) It was not convenient. We made like a whole week of it. My husband would take off work. I would take off work. We would do a whole week of the trip. But that became, as you might imagine, less and less convenient. And then one year we had car trouble and we didn't go. And it was awful. (laughs) It was awful. I hated it. I hated not being with my family. Nobody else had plans. My husband's side of the family, who all lives closer, they all had plans because they'd never had him for Thanksgiving anyway. So it wasn't like we had anywhere to go. So I vowed never to miss it again. So then we go for a few years, COVID hits. We don't go during COVID, obviously. And then we didn't go during COVID and we did something else ourselves and we really loved it. And then the following year, my sister actually called and said, don't come. You have a kid in college. She's not going to want to make the trek home and then come all the way down here too. No hard feelings if you don't come, which was such a gift. Like that, that was her sort of understanding She's older than me. She's got a kid older than me. Like that was her understanding that I needed her to help me set a boundary (laughs) because she was right. We didn't want to make the drive. We went to pick her up and then we had to come back and then we were going to make another drive to another place and spend a couple nights out and she wasn't going to be home in her home. My sister was right. Like that was a really inconvenient time to come. And so we didn't. And that was such a beautiful thing of her to offer. Here's the funny part. (laughs) We hate, we didn't like it then either. We missed her. My, my college kid missed her. We were like, we, we got to go next year. And so we resumed going and then my sister passed away. And then we went the year after again, cause it was like grief holiday. We were all like, we have to be together. This is her house. We need to come together. Her gracious husband allowed us all to show up. We spent the whole week with him. And then the following year comes, which was just this past year. And we now have two kids in college who did not want to be away from home they've done this enough now they're like we really don't want to make it the trip and so we did it about four fine great boundary set nobody had any hard feelings they all get it nobody's upset i mean maybe they're upset but they don't tell me that they didn't push back about three or four days before the week before 
I start, no, probably a week before, I start feeling like a little sick to my stomach over the fact that I'm not going to see any of my family over Thanksgiving. That was not okay with me. I noticed when I tuned in, like, I understand why we're doing this. It makes total sense that we're doing this. And I don't want to be away from my family on Thanksgiving. So as it turned out, we were going up to see the college kids anyway, right before to pick them up, to bring them home. So we made a trip to the family (laughs) before Thanksgiving and everybody met earlier. So I tell you all this to tell you, your boundaries can change. Your boundaries might not feel good actually in the moment, and you might need to figure out a way around that. So this sort of like, we're not going to the family Thanksgiving four hours away to spend the night and all of that stuff. That was the right call because it wasn't just me that was involved. It was my kids too and everybody else. And I realized I still needed something with these relationships. I still needed that touch point in these relationships to feel okay about Thanksgiving. And everybody else was on board. My immediate family was like, yeah, that sounds great. We love Thanksgiving too. And we love being with all those people. So let's do it. And I just got really lucky that they all had some time and they were able to come see me too. But that could have gone completely different. My family could have been really angry. They could have sort of iced me out. They could have said, no, you're not, we're not coming on another day just because you can't make it. They could have reacted in a million different ways that wouldn't have gone so well. And I would have had to be okay with that because my boundary was, we're not coming to this thing. I got to accept however you're going to react. I don't have to like it (laughs) and I can hope that it's different, but I had to know, okay, this is the boundary we need for our family to do it right. Luckily, I had my sister's permission years ago she had that sort of prescience to be able to tell me, don't come. (laughs) She gave me that permission implicitly. And I was able to sort of rely on that this time to make the decision. And that helped me to feel okay if they all pushed back differently. I got lucky that they didn't, but I had to be. as I didn't get to see one person. One of my family members was busy and I was pretty crushed by that because I adore her and would have loved to spend time with her. I got to understand that. Like, this is a thing that we're doing that isn't traditional and I can't expect her to drop everything and come see me. So that's the discomfort of boundaries is that you have to know that it's not always going to work out exactly how you want, but it is the thing you need to do for your own health and safety. So let me just do a little recap for you. (laughs) What they are, boundaries, what they are, they are limits for ourselves in relationships. They are not rules for other people. They may feel to you like rules for other people, but they are not rules you impose on them. They are limits for yourself, your behavior, what you're going to accept and allow from others. You can't tell them what to do. You can only tell yourself how you're going to react and and what you're going to allow. It's not passive. It's, it's actually just not controlling. You are not trying to control another person. You are trying to control what you can control, which is yourself, your reactions, your expectations, all of those things. They can be emotional. They can be physical. They can be practical, meaning timing at home, timing at work, timing at school, etc. Anywhere relationships exist, boundaries should exist. They have some cons in that they are really hard to set sometimes, that they're going to reveal some things about your relationship that maybe you're not so proud of, that they might be difficult to consistently enforce, and they require a lot of self-reflection. They require a lot of you looking internally and saying, what do I need? Who am I? What helps? What makes me feel safe? Am I willing to ask for it? And again, they might change as my Thanksgiving thing 
said I never in a million years thought I would not spend it with my family, my siblings' family, my mother family, and yet here we are. <laughs> and it worked out because I was confident in what I needed and confident in what was best for everybody involved and willing to take the response and the, and the pushback or lack thereof, but response in my case of the people involved. So it is doable and, and it really does ultimately lead to healthier and safer relationships and more peace for you and the people that care about you. So if the people that care about you know how to care about you, it's better for them too. All right, everybody. As always, the answer to the question at Maya Bad Mom is emphatically no. <laughs> and we will come back next time and talk about how you set boundaries with your kids. How do you establish a home with boundaries? And how do you respect theirs as well? All right. Thanks for listening. Hey, listener. If you appreciate what you get here as far as support and camaraderie and feeling like you're not alone, then I think you should really check out the Women of Wonder community that I run. It is exactly that. <laughs> it is a community full of support and camaraderie and you are not aloneness. It is meant to replace the old fashioned Facebook groups that we used to love before it got so mean and snarky and Facebooky. It is a place where you can ask the questions you have, where you can share the joys and share the sorrows and expect a supportive response, non-judgmental response. We meet weekly via Zoom. So we have people from all over the world that come and join us. And there are other supports like newsletters and uh, message boards and all of the things that you can and want and need in your life to provide you that support and scaffolding to help do this job we call motherhood. Check it out on my website, wonderinkwellness.com. It's called the Women of Wonder Community. And you can sign up today and get two months free if you do a year subscription. If you have any questions, again, always send me an email, but I would love to see you inside. Hello, in the me time segment, I don't have a lot to talk about this week, mostly because it's not been a lot of me time. It's been holiday week. So I've been spending a lot of time taking care of other people. That said, since we hosted Thanksgiving this year, and by hosted, I mean cooked for my family, so it felt like a regular Sunday night, I noticed my own boundaries and what I needed. And I'm hoping maybe this will be helpful to some of you too, because I think they do it twice. So for Thanksgiving, I absolutely love cooking. If you've ever listened to this, you know that I do. I love cooking. I love the planning of the meals. I love all of the stuff that goes into it, except I hate the grocery store. I hate it. There's never a good time to go. <laughs> There's never a calm period. I have, especially after COVID, gotten really into the grocery delivery service. I wasn't sure how to do that for Thanksgiving. It kind of made me nervous because sometimes they don't have what you ask for and then you got to go anyway and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, enter HelloFresh. And this is not a sponsored post. I wish it was. I wish HelloFresh would, but it's not. I've been using that meal service for a long time. It's just a delivery meal service. It's one of my favorites because you only get what you need, which I love. I used to hate going to the grocery store and making a recipe and throwing away like three quarters of a head of lettuce or kale or something else, but you only get what you need with HelloFresh. But they have started in the last few years, and I discovered this the first year that we had to, and maybe they just started it that year, the first year we had to stay home because of COVID. I discovered they sell like full holiday kits. Now, if you have a huge party of 17 to 25 to 50 or whatever, this isn't so helpful, although it might be if you just order a bunch. It's basically, I think, feeds like, I don't know, maybe six to 10. And the Thanksgiving one was you could either do beef or turkey. There's vegetarian options too, but it comes with your protein and then a bunch of sides and then a dessert. 
and I got it all. I think it was like 250 bucks for everything, a 14 or 15 pound turkey, mashed potatoes, a vegetable, a stuffing and an apple crisp that was absolutely delicious. Oh, and cranberry sauce. That was delicious. I've never been a cranberry sauce person before, but this homemade cranberry sauce was so good. And it was easy peasy. Like it's all there. Everything's there except, you know, you need like butter and olive oil and things like that, that they also have. I have a way I cook the turkey. So I had some extra stuff for the turkey, but it's pretty much everything you need in the kit for you and your family. And I know they usually do it again around the Christmas Hanukkah time. I don't know if the timing works for Hanukkah. I got to be honest. I think it might just be a Christmas thing, but it's a full kit available. And I don't think you need to be a member already. Just look up HelloFresh holiday meals and you could probably get it. Anyway, that is what made my life much easier <laughs> this week. So I wanted to share that with you guys because I know if you can't do it this holiday season, it will be around because like I said, it's been around every year since, since COVID. And this is if you like to cook. If you're somebody who's like, no, I'm just going to call Whole Foods and get a full meal delivered, or I'm going to call Wegmans and get a whole meal delivered. Great. Good on you. If you go out to dinner, even better. I love all that for you. I just wanted to offer this if you're somebody who likes to cook, but hates the grocery store like I do. So that's your me time for this week, the HelloFresh holiday meal kits. Again, not sponsored, but feel free to tell them where you heard it from because <laughs> maybe they'll come here and sponsor it. All right. As always, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget if you have a moment to subscribe, to leave a review, and of course, to share us with friends, because the more people who can hear the answer to the question, am I a bad mom, the better we all are. Take care until next time. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you heard something today that made you feel better about your parenting and about yourself. Remember, if you have a moment, we would love a review. It helps more people to hear about us. If you like the episode, share it with your friends. And of course, subscribe so that you know when it's going to drop every single week. Thanks again. Until next time, keep asking those same questions and know that the answer to am I a bad mom is always no. Thank you.